what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. See, a lot of times when we look at things, we're only looking at a dark corner over here. God's got the whole big picture in mind. And if we could see where God, what God sees, we'll say God was righteous. Let me tell you something. God is righteous, and He's just in everything that He allows. Whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not, God is always right. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. And how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the book of 1 Kings. The book of 1 Kings chapter 21. 1 Kings chapter 21, move down if you will to verse 17. 1 Kings 21 verse 17, and the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite saying, Arise, go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, which is in Samaria. Behold, he is in the vineyard of Naboth, whither he has gone down to possess it. And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Hast thou killed, and also taken possession? And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, In the place where the dogs lick the blood of Naboth, Shall the dogs lick thy blood, even thine? And Ahab said to Elijah, Hast thou found me, O mine enemy? And he answered, I have found thee, because thou hast sold thyself to work evil in the sight of the Lord. And I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes, the cost of selling out to evil. The cost to selling out to evil. We had some technical issues last week with the recording equipment. Someone asked to get a copy of it, and we weren't able to do so. They asked if I could preach the same message again. Sorry, I can't preach that again. I couldn't do it if I tried. Uh, The Lord gives me things. Spared a moment, and we just harness up and go according to the leading of the Spirit. I have some notes in front of me that I use that kind of keep me on track, but uh, sometimes the Lord takes things in a little different direction, and if the equipment ain't working, then it don't get recorded. But we're going to follow the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit today, and what is said is said, and let the pieces fall where they will. Amen. The cost of selling out to evil. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I come before your throne of grace today, and I thank you for every person that you have brought this way. And Lord, I realize on the other side of this microphone there are many needs. And Lord, I only have words today, and I have really nothing to give to these people. Lord, you have everything. And I'm asking for your anointing today. 
Lord, forgive me of anything I've done in your sight that was not pleasing to you. Wash me and cleanse me. And Lord, I ask for your anointing today to help me to rightly divide this word of truth. Lord, as you anoint your people to hear and receive, Lord, that their needs might be met, their questions might be answered. Oh, Lord, we might be drawn a little closer to you. Is my prayer today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. The Bible tells us that Naboth had a vineyard which had been in his family since the land was divided amongst the tribes of Israel. Been in his family for some 550 years when you add it all up. And Ahab wanted that vineyard. It was hard by his palace, bordered his palace, and he wanted it. Naboth knew what he had. It was very precious. Most importantly, he knew what God had to say about inheritance. When you go to Numbers chapter 36 and verse 7, God said the inheritance of the children of Israel was not to be removed from tribe to tribe. For every one of the children of Israel shall keep himself to the inheritance of the tribe of his fathers. As believers, we have an inheritance called heaven. And we have a down payment of heaven down within our hearts and lives, the Holy Spirit. It would do us well if we would learn the inheritance that God has for us. It would do us good to learn what God has to say about it, and it would do us good to live accordingly. Did you hear what I said? Let me say it again. It'll do us good to know what God has to say about our inheritance, and it'll do us good to live accordingly. Do you know what you have in Jesus Christ? See, that's the big problem today in our country. We don't know what we have. And we're losing our freedoms today because we don't know what we have. What we have is very precious. What we have in the Lord Jesus Christ is very sacred. And Satan wants it. And Ahab came to Naboth and said, Give me your vineyard that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near to my house, and I will give you for it a better vineyard than it. If Ahab had a better vineyard, then why did he want Naboth's? The truth is, Satan has nothing better than what God has for you. Glory to God. What God has for you is better. What God has planned for you is better. No matter what you try to come up with on your own, God has got something better. If you'll trust Him, if you'll follow Him, and let Him call the shots, what He's got for you is far better than anything that you can come up with on your own. And this is the thing right here, ladies and gentlemen. Satan will pressure you. He will pressure you with the things of this world to try to get you to compromise that which God has given you. He wants you to compromise your convictions. 
He wants you to give in just a little bit. Oh, well, that will be okay. Just a little, just a little draw off of a cigarette once in a while will be okay. Just a little sip of alcohol with your meal once in a while will be okay. You're compromising what the Word of God says. I remind you today, every single person that is hooked on nicotine started with one puff. Every person today that's an alcoholic, over 20 million alcoholics in this country today, it all started with that one drink. Never dreamed they would be addicted like they are right now. Satan will try anything to get us to compromise our convictions. And this right here gets Christians more than anything else. He said, I will give you the worth of it in money. 1 Kings 21, verse 2. Paul told Timothy, he said, when you're preaching to the people, he said, you tell them this, 1 Timothy 6, verse 10. He said, the love of money is the root of all evil. While some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. How many? How many Christians have compromised their convictions? How many Christians are not in this service today because of worldly things? Nothing wrong with going off on vacation, taking a trip, whatever the case. Nothing wrong with that. But you don't ever see them. Used to see them. Used to be in the house of God all the time. God blessed them a little bit, and they took the blessing of God, and it's become a curse. Because now they got a house at the beach, and they're going to the mountains, and they're going here, going yonder, but they ain't in the house of God. They have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. They've erred from the faith. Paul said, but thou, O man of God, flee these things. You got to find out what your weakness is and err from that. Let me preach out in the parking lot. I said, you got to find out what your weakness is and err from that. Not the faith, not the word of God, not the things of God. You got to find out what your weakness is, and Satan's going to hit you right there in that weak spot. I hadn't been fishing in years, and about four years ago, we went up to the mountains, and they had a little pond out there in front of the place where we were staying, and the people that rented and stayed there could go out and fish. And they furnished the stuff and whatever the case. And Julie and I, we went out there and we fished a little while. And one of them rainbow trouts got hold of that hook. And I was on the other end of that thing. And I got to pulling on it and reeling it in. And boy, I got the fever. 
After I caught that rascal, I threw it out there again. Here we go again. I caught about three or four of them things, and God said, that's enough. It's time to put the pole down. So I used to have a problem with fishing. Nothing wrong with fishing, but when it starts crowding in on your time with God and the Word of God and things you're supposed to be doing, then you have to lay some things aside. You got to know what your weakness is. Satan hits a lot of people with the money, though, trying to better themselves in whatever the case. And Naboth told Ahab, 1 Kings 21, verse 3, he said, It's not for sale. What God has given me, the inheritance of my forefathers, it is not for sale. He said, The Lord God forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers to thee. As a child of God, we should have that same attitude. What God has given me is not for sale. What God has put down in my heart is not for sale. I'm not selling out my joy for the things of the world. I'm not selling out my peace for the things of the world. I'm not compromising the word of God to get the numbers up in the church. Are you hearing me? We're not going in the direction of the world that uses a business model to try to grow the church. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to do what the Word of God says. Well, what does the Word of God say? Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. I'm going to preach this gospel of Jesus Christ, whether hell likes it or not, whether you like it or not. I'll be preaching the gospel somewhere if you kick me out. We're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost is going to move and people are going to get saved and people are going to get healed and people are going to get touched. The anointing of God is going to flow not because of James Pierce, but because of the gospel and obedience to what he said in his word. Why has this church been blessed to the extent that it has? Churches all around us closing the doors in financial trouble. But God's blessed us through this time of COVID. Why is that? Because we stick to what the book says. We didn't close our doors. We made another way to get the word out, and God's blessing it. God's blessing it. He'll continue to do it. Only as we stay according to the book. Brother James, there's more empty pews in here today than there are people. Hey, look, that is not my problem. That is not my problem. I ain't studying who's here and who ain't. It's my job to just say what thus saith the Lord. If you hear, fine. If you ain't here, that'll have to be fine, too. That's your, that's your, you're missing out on that blessing. Growing the church is God's business. I let God handle that. It's my job to just do what He says. And let me tell you, all of us would be better off if we just do what God said and tell the devil that what God has given us is not for sale. When you sell out to evil, there's a price to it. It's going to cost you. Jezebel didn't like it. She wrote letters and sent them to the elders of the city. 
telling them to proclaim a fast. She told them to set Naboth high among the people and then set two men to bear false witness against him and say that he had blasphemed God and the king. And they did this thing. They took Naboth out. They stoned him. And they killed him. And after that, Ahab rose up and took possession of Naboth's vineyard. And we have trouble understanding that. Here's a man that knew what God had given him. He honored that. It was sacred to him. He did what the Word of God said. He would not sell out to the enemy, and yet it cost him his life. And we're like, well, why didn't God step in and do something about that, Brother James? Why would God allow such a thing to happen to Naboth? The Apostle Paul didn't know. He said in Second Thessalonians 2, verse 7, The mystery of iniquity doth already work. It's a mystery why things happen the way they do. But I can give you a couple of thoughts on the subject, why God allows things. First of all, God has all the information. He knows all things past, present, and future. He knows what you're going to do before you do. He knows when you leave here today whether you're going to eat chicken or whether you're going to eat steak or whether you're going to eat two helpings of starvation. He knows. He knows our hearts. You and I don't know. I, I, I see you. You see me. But you don't know my heart. I don't know your heart. God sees right through the heart. The Bible says he knows our very thoughts from afar off. He knows. And God allows things according to his divine wisdom, according to what he knows. He knows everything. That's number one. Number two, God will not violate a person's free will of choice. If you want to go off and do something stupid, he'll let you. Okay? If you want to do something stupid, he'll let you. But if you go off and do something evil, there's a price to pay. There's a price to pay. And he did not intervene when Jezebel and Ahab concocted this scheme and carried it out, he didn't stop them. But there again, you say, well, that's not fair, Brother James. Well, we're only looking at it from one side. God's got the whole picture. See, a lot of times when we look at things, we're only looking at a dark corner over here. God's got the whole big picture in mind. And if we could see where God, what God sees, we'll say God was righteous. Let me tell you something. God is righteous, and he's just in everything that he allows, whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not, whether you agree with me or not. God is always right. And what he said in this book is right. Let me tell you this. Nobody gets away with sin. Jesus said it's better. For one to have a millstone hanged about their neck than to lead astray one of my little ones that believes in me. 
You want to know why our public schools are going down? There's a a millstone around its neck because it's offended our kids in school with homosexuality and filth. The Bible says in Romans 12, 19, Avenge not yourselves, but rather give place to God's wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Let God deal with it. Now that can be hard because we, we want to do some things. I'll leave that alone. There's a payday coming. Either here in this life or the one to come, my friend, there is a payday coming. We will stand before God and give an account. The books were open and the things were all exposed to everyone to see. What was done in the darkness will be shown in the light. What was spoken in the closets is going to be shed abroad. There's a payday coming. We'd be better off if we just let God deal with it. Now, that's hard. I'm going to be honest with you. That is hard. I know for a fact. There are days coming. There's a cost to selling out the evil. Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. Notice the terminology, wages, pay, payday. The payday for sin is death. And God said to Elijah, 1 Kings 21, verse 17, Arise, go down and meet Ahab. 1 Kings 21, verse 18. Arise and go down, meet Ahab. Behold, he has gone down to possess the vineyard of Naboth. Speak to him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, hast thou killed and also taken possession. This right here addresses Ahab's sin. You can't preach the gospel unless you address sin. Did you hear me? If the preacher in your church never addresses the sin issue, if he never calls it out, he's not preaching the gospel. You cannot preach the gospel and not address sin, and that's the first thing Elijah did. You've killed, and you've taken possession. Then he said, the place where the dogs lick the blood of Naboth, the dogs are going to lick your blood. That proclaims the judgment for Ahab's sin. Death. And just as Elijah had a word to give to Ahab, you and I have got a word to give to others. You and I have a responsibility to warn people. Ezekiel chapter 3, Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 18, When I say to the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak. 
to warn the wicked from his wicked way. To save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. You and I have a responsibility to warn the wicked out here in the world. You say, well, Brother James, I don't know exactly what to say. Well, that's fine. If you don't know what to say, you can support those who do know what to say. By paying your tithes and offerings. And supporting the gospel of Jesus Christ. But if you don't know what to say to people, give them your testimony. Oh, just walk up to someone and say, oh, stop. And let me tell you what the good Lord has done for me. Stop. And let me tell you what the good Lord has done for me. For he saved my body, he saved my soul, baptized me in the Holy Ghost. Stop and let me tell you what the good Lord has done for me. What's the Lord done for you today? What's the Lord done for you today? Oh, the Lord's done so much behind the scenes, you only know nothing about it. If the Lord could open it up to you this morning and show you what you could have went through this week, oh, you'd be shouting all over this church, thank God was there, and he stopped that wreck from happening. Amen. Glory. God's working behind the scenes and stuff you know nothing about. Praise him for what he's done. Praise him for, for all that he's going to do. Praise Him for all the things that He's done that you know nothing about. And tell others about it. We have a responsibility to warn the wicked. Ezekiel 3 verse 20. When a righteous man. All right. The first one we dealt with dealt with the wicked out here. Now God turns it around and deals with a righteous man. A brother or sister in the church. When a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commit iniquity, he said, I'm going to lay a stumbling block before him. Good grace and mercy. <laughs> Woo! You can turn from the righteousness of God and try to go your own way, but God's going to put a stumbling block. He's going to block it up. He's going to stop it up. He's going to mess it up. You think your plans are going to succeed. You think you're going to do what you want to do, but God's got a stumbling block for you. Good grace and mercy. Thank God for the stumbling blocks. Thank God for the stumbling blocks. There's some stumbling blocks are coming. Woo! Glory to God. There's some stumbling blocks are coming. We don't know what they are. They might not be in our time, but there's some stumbling blocks are coming. There's some stumbling blocks are coming in this country, and it's going to be for our good, ladies and gentlemen. There's a stumbling block are coming, and it's for our good. Woo! I feel that this morning. Glory to God. Thank God for the stumbling block. I look back in my past and I see where I was running from God. He put stumbling blocks there. 
I got the scars to prove it. You run over those stumbling blocks, he'll set up some more. Eventually you hit a brick brick wall you can't get over, friend. That's what he said. When a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commit iniquity, he said, I'm going to set a stumbling block before him. He shall die. If you continue to go down that path of running from God, you're going to die. You're going to lose your soul. That knocks in the head the doctrine of unconditional eternal security. Once saved, always saved. As long as you want to be saved, God's going to save you. But if you decide to go off and do something stupid and turn from the righteousness of God and do your own thing, God's going to let you. He's not going to violate your free will of choice. That stumbling block, God uses it to turn you around and bring you back. But if you're hard-headed and you keep going, death is in your future. Eternal separation from God. He'll die. And because you give him no warning, you and I have a responsibility to warn the righteous. We have a responsibility. You see a brother or sister in the Lord in the church doing something they ought not to be doing. You ain't, don't, don't do it up in front of everybody. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Pull that person aside and say, hey, you might need to take a look at this right here. Just follow the leading of the Spirit, however He tells you to do it. And, and sometimes you see people doing things, and, and, and God will say, don't, don't say anything. Don't do anything. Just pray for them. Sometimes it's not for you to address. But we need to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Do what the Holy Ghost tells you to do. But if you give Him no warning, the Bible says He'll die in His sin. And the righteousness which he has done shall not be remembered. And his blood will I require at your hand. Just as Elijah had a responsibility to give a word to Ahab, you and I have a responsibility to give to this lost and dying world and those who are in the Lord, but they're turning from God. We have a responsibility. I want you to look at what Ahab said now, his response to this. 1 Kings 21, verse 20. Hast thou found me, O mine enemy? Ahab thought that Elijah was his enemy because he told him the truth. There are people out here today that will take you to court and sue you because you told them the truth. That's the, that's the day and age that we live in. Paul told them, he said, if I become your enemy because I tell you the truth. Ahab thought that Elijah was his enemy because he told him the truth. People out here in the world are going to think that you're the enemy because you tell them that they're a sinner and they need to get saved. You're the enemy. Because you don't condone what I do, you're my enemy. Ahab had it wrong. Elijah was the best 
friend that Ahab could have had because he told him the truth. Elijah answered and said, I have found thee because you sold yourself to work evil in the sight of the Lord. Numbers 32, verse 23, Bible says, be sure your sin will find you out. Be sure your sin will find you out. All right, let's look at the cost of doing evil, giving in to it, selling out to evil. The cost. Elijah said in verse 19, the dogs will lick your blood in death. Number two, I'll bring evil against you and take away your posterity. In other words, every male in his family would die. That's verse 21. He said the dogs are going to eat Jezebel. Verse 23. Then he went on to say down in verse 24, he said the dogs and the fowls of the air are going to eat your relatives. Judgment. The cost, the selling out to evil. It ain't worth it, folks. What you do affects other people. Do you hear me? What you do affects other people. I want you to get this now. 1 Kings 21 verse 25. The Bible says there was none like unto Ahab, which did sell himself to work wickedness in the sight of the Lord, whom Jezebel his wife stirred up. And he did very abominably in following idols, according to all the things as the Amorites did, whom the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. This was an evil, wicked, ungodly man. He saw a lot of miracles. God delivered him several times from the enemy. And as evil as this man was, he went out and he did this thing against Naboth. And the word of God comes to him now. And I want you to get this. It got his attention. When he heard those words, down in verse 27, when Ahab heard those words, he rent his clothes, put sackcloth upon his flesh, and fasted and lay in sackcloth, and he went softly. This is true repentance, ladies and gentlemen. True repentance. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The Word of God will pierce through that hard heart, that one that is so evil and wicked and doing abominably. The Word of God will cut through all of that and touch the heart of that person and bring them to repentance. That's the power of the Word of God. You've got a very powerful tool in your hands this morning. And let me tell you, it's even more powerful when you get it in your heart. 
and allow the Holy Ghost to bring it back to your memory in times when you need it. That was true repentance. Sadly, it was short-lived. But this is what the Lord had to say, 1 Kings 21, verse 28. The word of the Lord came to Elijah, saying, See how Ahab has humbled himself before me. Because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring this evil in his days. But in his son days will I bring this evil upon his house. Repentance held off the judgment. Did you hear what I said? Repentance held off the judgment. The only thing that can hold off judgment as it pertains to all of mankind is repentance. Repentance. That's something that's not used in church a whole lot anymore. Repentance. Turn from your wicked ways. Repentance is more than just a one-time situation where you come to the Lord and, Lord, please forgive me of my sins. Repentance is a lifestyle. Do you hear me? Repentance is a lifestyle where you go before the Lord and you say, Lord, I know I did something stupid today. I, you might not even know what it was. Some of you know exactly what it was. You knew the moment you said what you said. It was wrong, and God the Holy Ghost was there picking at it. You go before the Lord, and you say, Lord, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Help me not to say that no more. Help me not to do that no more. He'll do it. He'll help you with it. But repentance will hold off the judgment of God. When Ahab repented, although it was short-lived, it held off the judgment. There needs to be some repentance in our country. Because judgment is coming. It's already here. It's already here. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I'll hear from heaven. Forgive their sin and heal their land. There's a cost to selling out to evil. It's eternal hell. Only true repentance and embracing the cross can offset that judgment. Today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 
You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252-299-4234. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, as well depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.